This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geeks show number 387, recorded on January 17th, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find home news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a winter weather advisory here in the Omaha area, Mike. I think we're due some snow that starts tomorrow morning. I need to drive out to Northwest Missouri State at noon, right in the middle of it. I couldn't have picked a worse time, I think, to drive out there tomorrow. It's That's the fun. worst part, too, with these storms, right, where it's it's right during the day. It's going to start during the morning commute, and it's going to end right around probably 6, 7, 8 p.m., and I, I feel for you because I'm like, uh, I barely even want to drive to work, and that takes me four minutes, let alone do the do a trek down to... Three um, to six Mary- here. They're calling for five to 12 down in the Maryville area, so I hope I can get down there before it gets bad, or maybe they'll miss it, you know, sometimes, or sometimes these storms are later than they expect, so it's winter here in Nebraska, and of course, we deal with that, but... Um, it seems like this is the second weekend in a row, or maybe no, it was last weekend too. It was we got yeah. some snow right on Friday, and most of my most of the folks I work with are just going to work from home tomorrow. It was just like why, why even why even mess with it? I've got some meetings I need to be at, um, but so we'll go in, we'll brave it. Of course, you can go out and brave the show notes if you want. We we'll have some really good show notes available out there. You can find them at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget, you can also join us live on our mobile app. Uh, super easy to find, uh, the right price at free, homegadgetgeeks.com. Just get it on your phone, have it available. I still, Mike, that is the way on Wednesdays, I go out and listen to last Thursday's show. Just the beginning, just kind of see how we sounded and what we did and some of those kinds of things. Uh, great way to do it. I listen to it as I'm driving into work and I stream it. It's a great way to do it on the Spreaker app. We appreciate those who Support us on Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon, if you want to check that out. We, of course, we do some post-show crypto out there. All those crypto episodes are out there. If you're interested in that, you can head out there uh, and get that done. Mike, we got a chance to get together on Saturday. That was awesome. It was great to see you in reality, I guess is what they would say. Yeah, and we had teased about it on Thursday. Actually, I think you brought it up maybe right before or right after the show on Thursday. You said, oh, you know, maybe we should play some cards on Saturday or something. And yeah, total blast. It was actually, and that's how I remembered there was snow last weekend. Cause I was pulling up to the house gym and I could barely get up that hill. Cause <laughs> it was so slick. It was that packed down icy snow just makes everything a mess. He's in a cul-de-sac in Omaha and they don't get plowed ever. And so it was one of those situations where, uh, yeah, it was just going to be slick. He's and on an a uphill cul-de-sac hill. too. Yeah uphill yeah. to get in we made it in it was fine we had a great time oh, yeah. smoked some great cigars um i got mike i got an email let's see if i can find it here um i got an email from a listener and uh, it's buried in <clears throat> excuse me it's buried in all my fitbit uh <laughs> ones not about fitbit but more about uh more about cigars so ed sent me a note ed said i'd like to make uh hey jim uh i'd like to make it to podcast movement as well oh no that's that was my answer sorry he says uh hmm Hold on. That's weird. Oh, sorry. Let me read it. Let me start actually the email from the beginning. Jim, I've been enjoying Home Gadget Geeks. Ed, thanks for saying so. I noticed a lot of cigar references in the latest episode. Apparently, I think the people have picked up Mike that right. we're talking about cigars. Uh, are you going to Podfest? Uh, he and a buddy, uh, they, do a, they do a podcast called the Cigar Authority Podcast. 
um, which I will need to start listening to. I think they'll be attending, no doubt. They'll be sneaking off to smoke cigars over the course of the event. Wanted to know if I wanted to join them. And so I said, ah, shoot, not doing PodFest this weekend. But um, I said I'm new to the cigar space and I've been learning lots. We just did a poker party last night with my middle son and smoked a few, so to speak. It's been really fun. And uh, I, then I asked him what uh, other cigar podcasts he listened to or what, he, what he's done. So he said, as far as cigar podcasts go, I have to go with the two that I produce and engineer, the Cigar Authority and the Ashholes Founded Cigar. <laughs> That's a great. That's a perfect name. That is a really great 10 title. Out of 10 for creativity there. The cigarauthorities.com and the ashholes.net. So if you've uh, if you've caught it, if you caught up, if you're watching the video to the and you have a humidor or you are getting into the cigar thing, I gotta be careful, Mike, because it can it can get pretty out of control. Like I said, I anything you can do, you can overdo. Right. Or you should overdo is what I say in my world. And uh, so I'm it's I'm kind of interested. Um, I'm probably going to get a little bit more into the tech. I think, uh, you know, maybe this summer up door upgrade the humidor and uh, try and add some tech to it. I know there's some listeners. We've had some in the Facebook group who've, who've posted a few things. I got to up my uh, tech game with humidors, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Those, I didn't know there were all those different um, models where you can monitor it from an app and everything. Pretty cool. You can get pretty techy with those. Yeah. I, I'll take recommendations, by the way, if you want to send me an email, even though I had a trouble reading Ed's email. Jeez, Louise. You got to read from the bottom up. Sorry about that. Uh, I hadn't planned to do that, but Ed, thanks for sending in that email. If you've got some recommendations on some things or you want to talk about some of that stuff that way, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Me. Get it read here on the show. I should, uh, let me show you this too while we're talking about some community stuff. So, Let's see if I can share this on my screen as well. So Ron, who is uh, often a live participant out here, he he's mostly, out there right now. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. So Ron sent me, he's working on a little prototype of uh, a Home Gadget Geeks 3D printed object, which I think is super cool. So let me just, uh, let me put that out there. So Mike, if you oh, look at that. Yeah. And that looked pretty great. Yeah. So Ron, thanks. Uh, I, he, cool. it's, he had said that um, not quite ready yet, but he, he wanted to tweak a few things. So I thought that was really cool. Great, a great use of a of a three D printer. You know, those would make Ron. I don't know how thick those are. I can't see the the thickness of them. But some three D printed coasters would be would be pretty awesome. Oh, that would be pretty cool. You know, they wouldn't need to be very thick, but yeah. you know, some kind of. Something along those lines. Maybe there's. I would a, love to know the tech he used to get your logo into the format that you would need to do. I mean, that's a, that's a really well done. Yeah, you, you know, I've tried to engraved out there. I've tried to get Ron on the show a couple times. It's between him and between I. It's been mostly me. It's been sometimes my schedule is weird. Hold on, let me stop sharing here. Um. So so maybe we can, as he gets these done, we can get him on the show and he can talk. Be fun to talk about how he made those. Yeah, so, that would be so, fantastic, Ron. I know you're listening. So. We'll figure out as we get closer to getting that done. Uh, we'll we'll have you on and talk a little bit about the tech. Pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, those could be some. You know, maybe that could be a uh, that could be part of the swag if you go to the averageguy.tv slash swag. That's the Amazon store. We just have the T-shirt. Addy got busy and we haven't got the other items. We'll get them added here yet this spring. But um, pretty great. Uh, he says 3D builder for Microsoft. Okay, but doesn't here we go. So. Some cool stuff. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Yeah, no. So keep sending me emails. I always appreciate those. 
Um, speaking of that, uh, you know, Mike, I get hit up all the time for people who want to guest blog, you know, and they always yeah. want to, they always want to pay me to guest blog. Like, and I, I'm not really, I don't want that. I don't, you know, one, I don't want to put a post up that's paid for that. If it's paid for, I want to say sponsored and they don't want the sponsored tag on there. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, well, if you write me a good article, I'll just put it up for free. And so I had this gal uh, write me an article last night. Let me go out there really quick. We're, we're, I'm kind of trying this out. Like, okay, I don't want your money. Let's see. We're going to go to theaverageguy.tv. If you scroll down, do this. If you're in the chat room, do this with me. So go out to the average guy, open another tab. <clears throat> and then if you're driving, don't do this. Uh, open another tab. And then scroll down to the not so average section. I've been I, I, I kind of. And I, I've been thinking that for some articles, they submit them to me. There's always backlinks, right? They're always trying to pimp their own sites and, you know, do those kinds of things. And I checked out the site. It's actually an HTML or it's a web-based gaming site uh, that they're that they're kind of promoting. This writer, let me get to her name here, Carrie, Carrie Green, actually, or no, sorry, Katie Green. Um, she's a game developer. It goes out to a site that um, has all these web-based games that you can play. I imagine there's some type of monetization out at crazygames.com. I, I tried looking it up. I went on. I threw it in some things like, is this a compromised site? Yeah. Is this right? Well, it seemed okay to me uh, when I went out there. The writing was good. The article she, she wrote for us was five cutting-edge motion graphic design trends in 2018. Hmm. And so just gives some, you know, hybrid 2D, 3D, gives some uh, a look at, at gradients, a look at animated topography, new minimalism. I thought it was interesting. And I actually thought for the crowd that listened to it or listens to this podcast, some of those things, not all of them may be interesting. So I've been digging around a little bit and uh, trying to find, again, they're not paying me for this. I'm going to put their links in there. So, you know, if you find something wrong, let me know. But I am trying to trying to get some things, interesting things for you. So if you're interested in that, head out to theaverageguy.tv. Just scroll down a little bit, and uh, you can check out the article. appreciate your feedback. And if you're an aspiring writer and you want to write something, let me know. Jim at theaverageguy.tv. i got plenty of space, a place to put it. Not a ton of people go out to theaverageguy.tv. Thousands listen to the podcast. That's not really true, Mike. I shared those numbers with you. Well, no. It could be yeah, close no, we, to we over 1,000. Yeah. 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 Uh, write something up. Let, let me know, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. So that was another thing that happened this week. I've been getting more and more of those. And I'm like, man, people want to write content and it's interesting. Let's just try it. It doesn't hurt anything. I don't really want money for them, but uh, we will post them over there. We've had a lot of great community interaction this week. And Mike, I'm going to throw this one over to you. But Kyle Wilcox uh, jumped in the group and said, how long do you try to keep your old hardware running? It's a great question. And schools are notorious. Of course, he works. He's a tech support guy at a school. He says, at school, we have over 50 HP Elite Book, 8470P laptops, third generation Core i5, not too bad, four gig of RAM. Again, not too bad. Uh, but what he thinks is the limiting factor is probably the 250 gig uh, spinning drive that are in there. And the two, you know, the two and a half inch drives, which are awful. Those old laptop drives are terrible. They're super slow. And I'm pretty sure 90% of the problem is a hard drive. And I would say you're right. You open Task Manager and just watch the disk max out and melt, actually, is what it does. Um, I was thinking I could get two more years out of these laptops if I throw in an SSD. The Crucial BX500 is only 23 bucks. However, I'm reading in the reviews that it doesn't have any DRAM, and that's how they're cutting costs. What are your thoughts on this solution? So 
Mike, I want to ask you, as you're thinking about old, when is, when is hardware too old? Like when, when should it just get recycled? I think we're in a weird stage right now, Jim, where things are lasting a lot longer because of, you know, where once we got to those, those kind of right around that third gen i5, i7, i3 line, I have two machines running those gen uh, one gen i5, one third gen i5, one third gen i7. Uh, those are two of the main machines over in my rack. Uh, one for security camera footage, one down below that's my entire Unraid server, and they're great. I think we when, once we got past that dual core era, right? Like th- once we made that jump, you start to get into these machines that for some purposes and schools might be a good purpose. They do last, and I totally agree with him that the SSD is the way to go on both those machines. The, the boot drive is an SSD runs, runs like a dream, right? Like unless you are doing heavy lifting as far as video editing. So I don't know what the students are, are using for that, but uh, if, if they're doing any editing, but if they're not, I think, I think the machines can last for a long time. I just gave my uh, laptop. that is a 2009 MacBook to my sister-in-law. And I put an SSD in there, do that same thing, works great for them, right? So I, I think you can get 10 years plus, depending on what you're doing. I think you're going to start running into you know, software issues before you run into anything else. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's totally fine. I have a Dell Optiplex over there with, uh, you know, like I said, a third gen i5 through an SSD in there. Works great for a Sighthound video server um, and anything else I need to throw on there. What are your thoughts, though? Yeah, well, at this price point for these laptops, it would be tough. You know, uh, he mentioned that the Crucial BX500 is 23 bucks. Kevin threw in a Patriot uh, 240-gig drive uh, for 32 which, you know, again, across 50 PCs, every dollar counts, right? right? It's 50 bucks more per dollar that you do. So, you know, with that, seven, eight, nine dollar difference that that can that can be a lot. But that being said, I think anything, any SSD, DRAM or no, is going to give you some important some improvements in performance. I would want to test one out before I bought anything. Like I would for 23 bucks, I'd buy it myself and put it in just to yeah. see kind of and if it didn't work, I'd return it. And if it did, I'd still return it and then buy the rest of them on, you know, let the let the school buy the rest of them. That's probably the right thing to do anyways. Um, you know, you could look at adding a four more gig of RAM. Kevin mentions that in the, you know, you could see if it has an extra RAM slot. I doubt it. Those budget laptops kind of had, they're lucky that RAM is not soldered onto the board. Well, and you RAM know? for those old machines is surprisingly expensive because I think a ton of people are doing exactly what we're doing, which is, you know, oh, hey, I have this old machine. It works great, but if I do an SSD and RAM, I'll be good. RAM prices, for some reason, on those old machines has kind of shot up a little bit. So I don't know price for four more gigs. You have to see if you can get a good deal on that. But if you go to like Newegg and you price RAM for some of these old machines, I know when I went um, for the motherboard that I have for my Unraid box, uh, that one, I mean, it was pretty expensive. I ended up getting 16 in there. I only had four. That wasn't going to work. So I, I wanted 16. So I grabbed 16 gig and, and it was it was pricey. Yeah, no, I, it would you would have to be night and day difference. I would try the SSD. If that doesn't work, don't mess with the RAM. Like, don't because that's not it, you know it's you have other problems at that right. point. Windows 10 should run, especially what they're running, pretty well on a well-equipped hard drive at four gig. And I just I don't I don't think there's a lot of value in upgrading the RAM 
on that. So would it be nice? Totally. If you were going to do some advanced things on it, yeah. But for kids, nah, four gig is fine. Windows 10 is fine. It'll adapt on that if you can just get that on the hard drive and, and get an SSD in there. So, Kyle, I think my recommendation, pick up one, try it, see if it works, see what kind of performance. See if you can do some benchmarking on that thing first. Yeah. And then totally make sure when you replace it, um, you do that as well. Some great additional commentary. I'm not going to read it to you all, but it's in our Facebook group. The average guy. No. And <laughs> I did this last week too. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash groups. I haven't even been drinking. Look, here's the deal. This, this is, this is no, nothing added. Crisp and clean, no caffeine, just the seven up. So there's no, it's like, it's like at the end of the show last week, I was like, I got to quit drinking so much when we fuck. That's what Hannah asked me tonight too. Yeah. It's like, when I get to the end, I'm stumbling on every word. (laughs) That's not a good thing. Um, uh, other Jim says, whatever, uh, whatever you are putting money into, be sure it'll run windows 10, windows seven. And it goes out of support in the last year. Rich Hay, uh, Windows Observer. We're going to talk a little bit about Rich here a little bit. We'll have Rich back on in the spring. Um, uh, just talked a little bit about we today or yesterday or something. We're close to the one-year kind of countdown. So we're 360-some days until Windows 7 is out of support. I don't think that's as big of a deal as it's going to be. They'll probably extend it again or there'll be some things that they do. But it, but it is, it's going out of support. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Make sure, especially in enterprise situations or school situations, you definitely want to make sure that thing supports Windows 10. I don't think, Kyle, you'd have any problem on that. Pick that thing up. Pick up one, give it a try, see where it goes. Benji, also in the Facebook group, I never finished the address to it, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy, if you want to join us out there. A few of you have. I appreciate you, the input. It's these kind of conversations, and this is why we talk about them on the show, because there's some great conversations out there. Benji asks, hello, looking for a service where I can back up my NAS. Uh, that's not too expensive. We all dream of that. Any thoughts, please? He has a QNAP NAS. It'd be nice to know how much. And a Drobo FS. Later, somebody asked how much. I think he said he said 12 to 15 terabytes. Mike, when you think about now, I'd say, you know, like um, Carbonite or one of those that has a free, like if you can get it on your PC, it's unlimited for 60 bucks a year in some cases. And But when you get into these NAS devices, it gets a little bit different. Any thoughts? What are you using or any thoughts on economical backup if you're you're using a NAS? No. So when I switched over um, from using just my Dell R710 over to Unraid, I, I still have yet to, I was kind of waiting to see, I wanted to get all my file system just set up the way I wanted stop changing, stop messing with things. Cause you know, you start messing with stuff and then you need to re-upload it and that takes a bunch of bandwidth. So I want to get settled before I did my offsite backup. And what I would suggest too on that, on that 12 terabytes is really look into and see what you could exclude from that. Because right, like it, it doesn't make much sense to do an offsite backup of a clone of your hard drive or something like that, right? Or like there's certain things that you could probably get away with not doing offsite if you are storing, if you're doing any other sort of files and storing them there. So like the way I do it is most of my files do not live on my individual computers in my home. They just don't. They live on my server. They live in Nextcloud. They live there. So um, a clone of my hard drive, although I do it for convenience, if this computer crashes, I can then just reclone a new drive. I don't need to back up that clone, right? That there's, there's 250 gigs times however many I keep for like, you know, I maybe keep the last four or five. So maybe a terabyte there, two terabytes there. So, um, 
see what you want to do. But, uh, but you know, Brian brings up a really good point. He says, you know, maybe set up another NAS and then do a site to site VPN and, and back them up. I think that might be a, might be a good option there because it's going to get really expensive. That's what I've been looking into is, is it's pricey to do. And what you could do is you could even bring that second device local to do the first backup, then take it off somewhere, plug it in. And then you're really only doing incremental changes from there. So it might be, although you, you know, you think of the cost to buy 12 more terabytes worth of hard drive space, and another device that you'd be surprised. I think you're probably going to pay 30 to $40 a month to back up 12 terabytes. And I think that's maybe even a little conservative. So if you think about, you know, you just, just take, just take, bite the bullet up front and buy a new machine and then, and then do offsite. I've thought about that. I thought about doing that between my parents' house and, and my house and because they have a NAS as well and just doing cross cross backups for each other because we wouldn't even need too much extra because they already have a NAS there. We could at least do some backups. 10 years ago, we used to do this. We used to back up each other's. There was some software you could use from crash plan and we would, uh, you would be a target for me and I'd be a target for you. And they made it super easy. And then they got really crazy and stopped doing that stuff. And, um, and we used to do that stuff for each other. One of the things I would advise on an off-site backup, so take you say you're going to put it at your parents' house or grandma's house or whatever, right? And then it's, you're always thinking about is that thing on? Is it running? Did I did did somebody unplug it? Is it has it crashed? Has it rebooted and nobody's logged back in? Is it? You might be surprised at the amount of time you spend thinking about setting up, working with, worrying about this off-site machine that you put yeah. there. And it's not just a PC. You're going to need to put that thing on a UPS. You're going to want to have some redundancy in it. You're going to like, it, there's a lot of things that go to that site that having your own, basically being your own backup site. So while I, I, I agree with you, I would rather do peer to peer. So I would almost rather say to you, Mike, Hey, let's do something where I'm going to give you 12 terabytes. Would you set it up and I'll do something in exchange for you if you keep it running in your data center. Now with bandwidth caps, that's changed that's changed the landscape a little bit. We used to not have bandwidth caps. And so you could you could move that stuff. You know, it's it's I've been hesitant to let anybody have access to my Plex server because I'm afraid of the somebody may go crazy and start pulling all this stuff, right? You know, and you're like, I you've purchased unlimited. I have not. And so I'm thinking about my you know the bandwidth from time to time now where we used to not have to worry about that. So I don't think offsite is as easy. Building your own offsite is as easy as advertised. I think there's a lot that goes into it. That is certainly an option. Um, I'm using Backblaze B2 and pretty economical. I have two terabytes, about nine bucks a month. So, you know, what's uh, two, four, maybe nine, 18, 27, 30 or 40 bucks maybe a month yeah, on with using B2. I think you, you nailed the price. B2 uh, Backblaze has got some options with restore by mail. They'll ship you eight terabyte drives now. There's that's the thing I love, right? That is a service right there that's that's amazing. Yeah. Instead of downloading that all in one, the time just to download that, two, the bandwidth, they just, they'll just ship you. And they'll even ship you like, yeah, the drive, not even a CD or anymore. It's a, it's a full drive. Yeah. Yeah, they've increased their speed over there um, at Backblaze. They really made hay when Crash Plan went under, and I think they got a whole bunch of new business and have been doing pretty well. So, 
They've got some new things over there. That may be one if you're going to pay for it. I think B2, Backblaze B2 is probably the most flexible and economic. Comp- uh, you know, pair that with your, hey, how can we pare down our storage needs? Do I really need all these 12 terabytes yeah. backed up over there? And if it's movies and TV shows and those are really important to you, well, then, yeah, you got to consider that. Is it worth the monthly, you know, the thing I love about B2 is it's a, it's pretty, it's, you're just basically paying for storage. And then once you retrieve it, you pay based on what you retrieve. So if you never retrieve anything, uh, you're in pretty good shape. Um, so give that a check, uh, Benji, give that a check, check it out. Um, yeah, I think there's some options out there. If you finagle, it does get more difficult, especially that Drobo, like that Drobo is a hard thing to back up. I am not going to lie. They don't have a lot of great backup software on there. Um, uh, even with the new owners, I think it's a harder thing to back up. The QNAP's got some software on there, and there's some things that you can do there. So, Benji, keep us posted and drop it in the Facebook group. There's been some conversation going around. If you've got something to add, jump in the Facebook group and let Benji know. Ernesto uh, chimed in in the Facebook group. He said something my son and I are talking about recently is the idea of everything moving your data to the cloud, right? We've just been talking about backup. This is more around sync. Um, but are we safe to rely on providers not losing your data? Well, that's the that's the million-dollar question, right? I think with Google and Microsoft and Amazon, and I, I'm sure those, like the probability of losing your data on those sites now, pretty freaking low. Like this isn't, this is a pretty commoditized, that's the right word, service that um, that stuff just pretty much stays there. I don't think you have to worry about losing data that you put it there. But he says, for example, my Pixel phone makes a copy to Google Photos, but it, that's the only place I have them. You got them on your phone and you got them on Google. That's it. They don't really make it easy to have a backup, so, am I so, so I'm safe from losing my photos. Any thoughts, Mike? I think this is really the mo- photos are the most important thing. Everything else can be recovered. You can't retake a photo. What are you doing for photos? Photos, I'm using the Apple iCloud. So for most of our stuff, we'll do iCloud. I have a secondary backup. So obviously when you have iCloud and on a Mac computer, you can then obviously uh, grab that with the Photos app and throw it onto your local server if you wanted to. So that's been my thing. And I, I, you know, Jim, I don't do it as often as I should because I'm a little bit more trusting of the cloud, but it's usually about every three months, probably, you know, three, four months, once a quarter, I'm going in there into my app, dragging all those photos over to the local server, just so I have another copy of them if anything were to go bad. But for me in the ecosystem I'm in, Hannah and I both have iPhones and it just, it works really well. It's automatic. It's easy. I also do send them to Google photos though. You got me into that app. So I did download Google Photos. That's been a blast, by the way, all the fun stuff they do. Uh, they send you these little like videos they made and clippets and things like that. So uh, yeah, for photos, I'm, I'm going actually multiple places. But if I were to just trust one, I think you're pretty safe nowadays to trust either Google or Apple. You know, those are probably the two ecosystems you're in if you're on your phone. And then if you're taking them on a DSLR or another photo uh, you know, service, then use the app on the computer. I think that's a good, easy first step. Super cheap. I mean, I think you can get a couple terabytes on both of those services for for next to nothing. So uh, that, that's been my plan for photos. But I agree with you. The photos are the things you definitely do not want to lose. Yeah, you just can't take them again, right? And right. Even though I said I was drinking 7-Up, I've just, I've just moved over to Berkeley. Okay. <laughs> um, so that didn't last very long. The... The problem with, no, the problem, the opportunity is like, so I think Amazon still has some kind of free photos if you're 
a Prime member, you can back up an unlimited number of photos to their site or something. Check, check. I, I can't remember. Man, I can't. My I cannot get rid of this frog in my throat tonight. The um, do it to both off your phone. So send one to Google. Send one to wherever. Send it to Amazon. Send it to to um, you know Microsoft OneDrive. Um, send it to two places. Have it on your phone. Have it two places in the cloud. I, I couldn't think of a. It's not that much bandwidth. Like, and I think most people on their phone have plenty. <clears throat> So I, I just think it's a great um, and one of those things. Do it, do it in two. Problem is, you start getting photos everywhere, and you know I think have your my problem actually. I know, like, hey, where's the photos? I don't know. I've got them all over the place. So keeping track of them can be difficult. There was a sync program for Drobo, and I think QNAP and Synology have them, where you put an app on your phone and it also loads it right to your QNAP. That was awesome in my case on the Drobo until the the Drobo took a crap. And then the, all those photos were gone. Now, the good news is I also had them on OneDrive. Yeah. So I was practicing that same kind of thing of like, because I remember having that moment like, oh my God, did I only save those there? So I started checking around. Nope, sure enough. I had them, I had them in other places and I had backup copies. I had them strewn all over the web. To be honest with you, <clears throat> listen to Facebook. Like they're like your best ones. All my best photos are on Facebook. And... And not only that, but some of my best photos that I didn't take that other people took were yeah, on exactly. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the photos of yourself, right, uh, are going to be yeah. on Facebook if you didn't take them. Yeah. And you can download them, even if they're somebody else's, like in most cases, unless they block. But nobody does that. So um, I think I would, uh, for this, in this situation, I would look at sending them two places or integrating it so it's going to the cloud and it's maybe going to a local drive. And it's staying on your phone. There's three. Boom, boom, boom. I think once you trade out phones, you got to kind of decide, okay, where's my local copy going to be? Where am I going to keep that locally? Or what other sites am I going to put it on? I think if you were had it on Google and you had it on OneDrive, I think you're good. I mean, you don't need one, two, three with those service providers. Yep. I, that, that's just that's just what I think. So, Mike, you had kind of a meltdown uh, this week that you posted in the Facebook group. Everything's... Good and fine until somebody gets their eye poked out. So yeah. what what uh, what happened to you this week? Well, you know, so Jim, this is funny. This was almost like life trying to teach me a lesson because if you remember on Facebook, in the Facebook group I posted, I think it was early last week that I, you know, I was looking for volunteers from our community to test out my next cloud instance. Cause I, I had a few family members that, you know, I was kind of talking about my home server and I have my own Dropbox and like, oh, well, how much space could you give me? I'm like, no, oh, like a terabyte. I got, I got a ton of space in there. Like, oh, I'm paying for, I'm paying 10 bucks a month for Dropbox or whatever it is. And, and so they, they had shown interest. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, how viable is this? I wonder how um, usually when we're accessing NextCloud, actually Hannah accesses it at work all the time because she's teaching a class now. And so she will uh, get on the work computer, just go to the website, NextCloud, and she'll log in and she'll have all of her files there. But I was like, okay, for someone else. Uh, so sure enough, Jim, uh, Kevin Schoonover, actually, he was the first one to reach out. There's been there's been a few, but Kevin reached out and got him signed up. And this was over the weekend. So got him signed up over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> come Monday, I come home for lunch. And I, what did I want to check? Oh, I was like, you know what? I never really checked when I set up Unraid. I never checked the bio settings to make sure like, all the VM stuff is good. And uh, so I was like, mate, well, maybe, but I, I was in a rush. I'm like, okay, well, let me power down the Unraid box and just go check the BIOS. 
And, uh, and actually the problem you think is, is not what happened. <laughs> I go to power down and I'm watching it. I'm watching it. And it's just taking forever, Jim. And I thought it had hung up because it, it unraid is 99% of the time never taken that long. So it, it's, it's taken forever. I'm like, gosh, I got to get back to work, but I really just want to check this real quick. And I'm like, this thing's hung up. I don't know why it's hung up. So I forced the right, held the power button and let it clink. And in the shutdown mode, not smart to do that, obviously. I mean, that is like just, that, that's the number one rule. You don't do that. You know, when you don't need to, I should just let it run, let it keep shutting down left. But you know, I'm in a hurry. I just want to get it done. Okay. I do some, I've done it a thousand times and it hasn't done me wrong yet. But um, sure enough, I go to fire it back up and it says, hey, your cash drive is unmountable. We can't see it. I tried everything. I, I, so I, I waited. I, I, so, so of course at that point I had to get back to work. So that's the worst going back to work, knowing you have a server that's down and the cash drive. And then it's just driving you nuts the rest of the day at work, trying to think about what could have been the cause where the fix is going to be. Um, long story short, there was no fixing it. No bringing it back. Needed to wipe the drive and uh, put it back in. But so for those of you who don't run unraid on the cash drive, is where all of your, uh, they call the app data for the dockers is stored. And the data is moved off that cache drive every night, right? So if I'm writing to the array, it goes to the cache drive first, and then you set a schedule for how often you want it to pull it off the cache drive and put it to your array. But as far as the app data goes, that stays on the cache drive the whole time. The logic behind that is, hey, your dockers need to have fast access to, to its data. So um, I do have a... So Unraid has CA uh, community applications backup, right? Where it backs up that app data to the array. But when I had set it up, I'm like, eh, I'll just, you know, once a week is good enough. And of course this happened on Tuesday and the last backup, I set my backups to run on Wednesday. So it, it was a week old backup. Um, so as far as everything from Plex that was, uh, that had been watched in the last week or data that had been added the, the database got a little messed up because it it knew it was there and then it wasn't there. But the biggest one that actually got messed up, Jim, was NextCloud because NextCloud, when you install that on Unraid, you actually install a database, MariaDB, and you set this database and then, you know, it's always doing a lot of stuff with the database. Well, I had added Kevin over the weekend, but now when I restored from this backup, uh, it doesn't know about Kevin, but it has all of Kevin's files there. So when I went to the actual NextCloud uh, user share in the array, I could see his folder was still there. But as far as when I go to NextCloud in the app, it's like it's just me and Hannah. There's no other user. I did find out that you. I once I added Kevin back in, I gave him the same username, same password. I pinged him. I said, "Hey, check your thing. You might have to reset your password, but." Just let me know. He got in and sure enough, NextCloud was smart enough to say, okay, this is the same user. I have a folder there and here are his files. So, um, and uh, like, <laughs> he says, be, be tough, go in and fire your storage admin. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I need to go in there and do that. So, um, long story short, everything got back up and running. It was a lot. Hannah over the weekend was had just started her new teaching gig and she had created a bunch of documents and she saves everything in NextCloud, of course, because she trusts her husband. Like, hey, yeah, he set up this thing. It works all the time. So her NextCloud was a mess. I actually, it was one of those, you know, where I need to open up her computer and either turn off Wi-Fi really fast so it doesn't try and sync because then it would have deleted everything on the local computer because it would have said, hey, NextCloud doesn't have anything. Delete the stuff in here. And then there would have been no, there would have been no trace of it, right? So um, 
So it was one of those, I actually turned off the Wi-Fi in the house, the entire house. I'm like, okay, I'll open up the laptop really slowly. You know, don't sync, copy those files out to a different place. And so I just, I knew that they were there. So it was, it was a very long drawn out process for such a simple thing uh, to make the matter even funnier. So I, I get that all done, spent all night rebuilding stuff and everything. It all came back and we were fine. Didn't have any actual data loss. Um, <laughs> the next day, home for lunch again. Okay, double checking things. You know, I, I now that it's rebuilt everything, let's just give this thing a clean reboot. And it reboots and the web GUI's not there. Wouldn't load it. And it was doing some wonky things. I could get in and then all of a sudden it would quit on me. I could go to certain pages, but not others. I could get into Plex and then Plex would quit. I, I mean, it was like a ghost was possessing this thing. And I'm like, geez, something messed up. Something's wonky. I, you know, am I gonna have to nuke this whole thing? What happened? Uh, but that gym was a little bit easier of a fix. Apparently, when I had gone in to do some other changes in there uh, the day before, the power plug was half in, half out. So it was just dangling there. So it was getting the server was getting power, not getting power, getting power, and it was causing the thing to just have a fit on me. So that one was just plugging the power in just a little bit, uh, a little bit more firm. But it was a week of just you know those stri- like nothing's going yeah. right for you yeah. when you do that. But long story short, this was the world telling me, Mike, you just it's a lot easier to not be responsible for other people's data. Let yes, them use see. Dropbox. Let someone else do it. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It's kind of fun to be that admin guy. Um, but just the, I mean, th- that was such a simple mistake that caused that cache drive to fail. And I can't imagine, um, you know, it's my cousin. He's in college. He just wrote a paper and all of a sudden that paper has gone, right? And that's on me. So I, I, I actually... Um, Someone else reached out to me and I'm forgetting their name. So I apologize to, for whoever reached out to me again. I'll get it here. Um, and I they had said, hey, I can help you out too. And I said, you know, I've just decided I think it's better to not be responsible for, for other people's data. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, so that was the final decision. So it was a good lesson, a timely lesson. Uh, Alex Reynolds. Sorry. I knew I would forget that name. Alex Reynolds reached out to me. So thanks for, for, uh, for reaching out and, and offering it. But yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a heck of a week. It's it's really weird to watch you go through these because we all went through this like 10 years ago. You know, we started building these home servers. Synology was just coming online. Uh, many are sysadmins and what they do, many that listen here. And we would bring server stuff home and be setting up our own stuff. And then we would have this situation where you lose somebody's data. And then they, we many of us came to the same conclusion let's not offer family storage. Like yeah. that's just silly. Yep. And, uh, and, and I came to the same conclusion. I was trying to, you know, eight, six, seven, eight years ago, I was trying to store for everybody. Hey, let me put crash plan on. I'll have you move. I'm going to set up a crash plan server here because it's always running and things never go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Until they do. <laughs> and it always seems like you can, you could be doing this for yourself for three years. No problems, no issues. As soon as you get somebody else's data on there, it smells it. It's like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And whoop, down goes the drive. And as much as you think you want to do that, you just don't want to. Like it, and some, listen, some of us can do it. I got out of the business too. I was just like, no, back it up to here's a $60 plan to carbonite. Here's a, you know, do, do this or do that or put it here or use OneDrive, use Google Drive. Those, like the Google Drive, there's so many options with Google Drive. This week, I needed to merge. Uh, I had made 50 PDFs that I wanted to merge into one. There's an app that you can install on Google Drive that just does that for you. You select them and say merge, and it creates one PDF. 
Oh. You could do that in Adobe. I don't happen to have Adobe. Like there's other programs that'll do that for you as well. But it was just, it was on a Google Drive. Right click, add to, use this app, boom, it puts them together. Here's your PDF, done. Yeah. You know, so I think we are at this point where it's great. I'm glad to see you've, you have been burned and now have come to the conclusion. Like, I thought I got burned before I started accepting people though. Like that was, I'm, I almost just said yes to my family member and signed and just almost created them account and went, but I'm like, no, let me test this first. And, uh, it was a great time to get burned. And, you know, Jim, I just learned that just don't, I shouldn't tinker as much as I do. Right. If I had never powered that thing down, it, we never would have had issue. That, that's the only time I've ever had any sort of issue with Unraid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've only had issues with things that, with other people when I've started tinkering with it. Yep. You know, you get exactly. it in here and you're like, hey, this thing is sitting here. It's been running for three months. I haven't had to touch it. It's awesome. Then you get this idea. I wonder if. Yep. You, you have to get that idea. You know, the, the reason my burst storage stuff has worked so well is because I don't mess with it. Like, it literally now just runs. I have a, I come home, I look at the dashboard. Oh, I have more bursts today. Awesome. And then I go back to something else. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you start tinkering, you can't, I, I don't think you can, if you're going to do that for other people, you have to set it aside, get it running and then never touch it. Just yeah. let it do its thing. And um, yeah, from time to time, you know, if it's a windows box, you're going to have to update it and run some, you know, run some uh, updates on it and stuff. But, yeah, you got to set it and forget it. Now that's not we're not built that way. We that's, don't yeah, that's not what we do. That's the whole fun part hey, about this. Is what happens if I pull there. the drive out live? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm uh, yeah. So which also worries me, Jim. Speaking of tinkering, my a new CPU cooler for the Unraid box comes tomorrow, and so like, I'm going to pull the whole thing apart because it's one of those you know you got to put the the brackets on the back of the motherboard, so you got to pull the whole motherboard out. Uh, and I just know I'm going to tinker with it. And something tomorrow when I switch that out, it's going to go wrong for me. So but you, you need to have really, if you're going to do that, you need to have really boring production equipment, like standard stuff, super boring, industry tested. You don't screw with it. Right? right. That's You just leave it. You turn it on. You do things on a regular basis. You just don't mess with it. You, you don't even reboot it. You just leave it. And then you have your tinkering lab, right? That's what Kevin... Kevin says in the chat room, tinker in the lab. Don't touch production. Hey, congratulations, Kevin. He just mentioned he just passed uh, his Dell EMC DES 1D11. That sounds like a a robot on Star Wars. But congratulations, Kevin. Good work. Very good work. Mike, anything else that you want to add to that? It's just, I mean, it's great to see you go through that. I mean, sorry to say it that way. It didn't feel too great. My life has been validated. Back up and running. It's okay. And it's, it's doing good. But, uh, I mean, good to know. It's always good to go through those, Jim, every once in a while to test your, okay, what is my, what's my, yeah. what's my backup, right? What is, and so I learned, and so I switched it to now I just do nightly backups. It doesn't bother me any. It's not any extra storage. Why not just let it run a nightly backup? And if this ever happened again, I would lose however many hours of the day worth of activity instead of, um, almost a week's worth. So yeah. the, the biggest complaint I got was actually from my friends and family who use my collection. I'm like, Hey, it's saying that I didn't watch this, but, but, uh, but I watched it. I'm like, yeah, I know all your stats for the last week were gone. So if you watch something in the last week, it's going to tell you that you haven't watched it yet. So sorry. Yeah. It was a real inconvenience, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. First world problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First world tech problems. That's what those things are like. Oh, I can't. It told me. I'm like, can't you remember? That was like two days ago. Just market watched move on. I know, but blah, blah, blah. So you're, you know, 
you're like, uh, anyways, uh, uh, Brian Auer says in the chat room, he says, prod is my microserver Gen 8. That's a good one. And two QNAPs lab is where my Xeon DVMware is. So good. Good. I'm sure we all have. Uh, we all have. In fact, why don't we try this? If you want to do it in the Facebook group, love to see the picture of your of your rigs. So if oh, you want to. Yeah, we haven't done that in a long time. It has been a while. Pictures. Let's get out. I'll snap some pictures of what I got and we'll drop them in the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy. And we'd love to see them out there as well. Uh, Mike, I was listening to Rich Hayes podcast on the way home. Uh, a, a Windows Observer or Observe Tech is his um, is his podcast. Is that right? I always get that wrong. It's his his site is WindowsObserver.com, and he just posted in the podcast is Observe Tech. Um, I always get it mixed up. But two ninety six, he uh, he references an article from PC Mag, and I have links to both out there if you want to go listen. It's a good, really good podcast, by the way. Um, but he says um, the, the article is technology we regret buying. In the pre-show, I'd asked you, you ever buy a car you regret? And I talked about the Chevy Love that I bought. And we went way into the show uh, when we were supposed to start talking about that crazy Chevy Love. If you ever want to hear a story about an 82 Chevy Love I bought in the military that was a rust bucket, just go listen to the live, the, the, the live show on this one. But Mike, um, uh, the author out there puts together some things I think, I know I've owned some of these. But uh, let's roll through this list really quick, and you can tell me if you've ever owned any of these. Did you ever own a Sony Mini Disc? I did not. Okay. Um, did you ever? Did you have a Walkman? Where? What yeah, was the very first? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever buy? So let's just let's 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 say. Did you ever buy a digital listening device, whatever that is, that you really regretted? iPod uh, related, or let me give you while you're thinking. Let me give you an example. So. Right before the iPod came out, a buddy of mine, uh, this is early, this is like 2001, said, dude, I bought this Digital River MP3 player, and it had like 32 meg of RAM on it. It would, it would, it would load, you could load like 15 songs, 15 MP3s on there, but it was, and it was big and honking and it was ugly, but he was so proud of it. And, and I was like, like, how much can you get on there? He's, oh, I can get like an app album or two on the thing and it, and it was great at the time but you know it wasn't long after that I, we so we began to see you know um ipods come out and that changed everything anything like that that you bought in the in the music listening space that you're like oh i bought too early or you regret uh no i would have gotten a different model so the ipad or the ipod that i got back in the day i had a few of them i our family was a huge i mean my dad loves music it's one of his favorite things. So he was always kind of upgrading through the different iPods. And I think the one that didn't make any sense because it was just really big for no reason. Uh, they had the iPad iPod with the click wheel. First one that had the, the color screen that you could put movies on. But you're watching a movie on a tiny little device like this. And it just made it really big. Uh, and I used mine when we traveled around for high school soccer games and stuff like that. And I just wish I would have gotten the tiny little small one because that thing was so big and clunky, uh, really for no, cause you know, I don't know anyone who's watching. And then back then there wasn't even really an easy way to get videos to put on the iPod anyway. Right. It's not like you had a bunch of easy access to videos that you could, uh, throw on there. So no, that was the only slight regret. I wish I would have gone with the, the smaller one. You know, Jim, one of my favorite, uh, iPods though has been the shuffle. Throughout the years, super small, yeah. clip it on. I don't care about, you know, just put a playlist or two, whatever it is, and just let it go. I, I have loved and hated that thing. 
because it's it definitely requires there's no screen right and running it's awesome you load it up you clip it to your shirt you run forever but then i would always forget to plug it in get it recharged i would i would never add new music to it i'd lose it it would fall out of my bag i gave one away like i loved and hated that thing at the same time it just didn't for me it was like yeah, you can't really do much, but it's great when you're running. And that was the only thing I could, you know, I really and used now with it the for. Apple watch. It's like obsolete, right? Yeah, no, it's the and same Apple size, watch, right? Cellular connection. I can oh. get any song, even if I didn't load it on here right? and listen to it while I run and listen to Pandora while you run. Right? Yeah. No, pretty awesome. The next item is one we talked a lot about here. And I even wrote a big gigantic blog post over at uh, bite.com is the HP touchpad. I have, do you, do you ever, do you even remember that? Is that, did that ever appear on your radar at all? No. I, an iPad like device from HP um, ran its own OS, I think. And HP through these things, they thought this was going to be like, this was going to rock the iPad world. And they put it out and it just didn't. It was really, it didn't go anywhere. Nobody bought them. They were, I mean, they they had so much good buzz, so much so, Mike. I wrote an article for Byte about them, and I got thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people to follow that article back to theaverageguy.tv. Didn't retain very many of them, um, but and Kevin was saying it's. It, I think later versions of it ran the Palm OS, or maybe it was, and that's another device, by the way. When we think of the HP Touchpad and failed devices that I loved, it was those some of those those Palm devices. The Palm devices were good, but was, I'm trying to think what was the one that would flip up um, a the, pre? the pre. Yeah, the Palm, Palm pre. pre. There we go. Love that phone. Bought it, blogged about it, and it it, it definitely had a limited life. Like it's it was cool. Like you know, and yeah. uh, not really. Yeah, that little screen. Let's talk about that little screen. I mean, that thing was just about as big as what you had on your iPod. So. Um, I like that phone too. I always wanted one. That yeah, that was like one of the Envy phones. Though. It was a super cool phone. I mean, yeah. it was like a, a little pebble in your in your pocket, and you pull yeah. that thing out and exactly. And just that sound, satisfying. Oh, it's it was the same yeah. satisfying thing as uh, if you get to play with an AirPod case, flipping open and closing the AirPods is the same way. Just yeah. satisfying. You know, that came out before the iPhone came out uh, at CES, but it didn't actually launch until after the iPhone launched. And so there was so much buzz around the iPhone, it kind of got lost in the iPhone shuffle. And I had a buddy, I talked a buddy into it, and he had it for about a year, and he goes, dude, this is just a piece of crap. I cannot do anything on this phone. This is really bad. I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, so HP Touchpad is one. I never bought one. I tried, never bought one, uh, messed around with one for a while. And then, um, of course, that went, uh, the, the Palm Pre was another one of those. Another on the list, which I actually have as my weather station, is a Microsoft Surface RT, a device that came out very shortly. It was a, was a big device around the Windows 8 era, had lots of problems, underpowered. It was, it was an early um, ARM device that, that they began to do some things with that just never really worked as was intended. Mike, did you get involved at all in the early Surface versions, Windows 8? No, you were an Apple guy. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, I still was all Apple until I came on this show, Jim. If it was pre your show uh, and it wasn't Apple, I probably didn't play with it too much. Mm. Other Jim in the chat room says the handspring visor. 
that was, I actually, I didn't regret any of those other Palm devices. I used a Palm five and a Palm three. Never. I, I had a keyboard for one of those. I forget which one never regretted using any of those. Those were great planning devices. Um, got a couple years out of them. No regrets. They're just gone uh, today. But uh, yeah, that handspring was an interesting one. Okay. Let's get into some Mac stuff. How about the Apple Mighty Mouse? Do you ever use the Apple? You know what I'm talking about? Magic Mouse, this one? Yeah, they had said might they they had said Mighty. What is it? Or maybe it was Magic. Maybe I just wrote it down wrong. Let's say because it, it's more like is this the same one? Is that this is the one I have? Is that the same mouse? Oh no, I think that is the Mighty Mouse. Yeah, that one is awful. This is the Magic Mouse. This has got this the whole thing is a touch screen. You know, you can swipe just on it anywhere. That one I did not like. I don't find it awful. I actually, because it has such oh, a short right click, though. Oh, I don't do much with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's my emergency mouse. Right. So, like, when I need it's the cord is only this long, right? It's like a foot long. Like, if you, if you, unplug, if you unplug this thing, like, it has a ridiculously short cable in it for a mouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. But what's great about it is it fits in a bag nicely, nothing to get caught on. It's built pretty well. And so when I when I need an emergency mouse or one to plug into my laptop, it doesn't have a million miles of cord. True. You know? I think that's because when that one came out, the keyboard that it came with was that, you know, clear plexiglass with a white and the two USB ports were on the very end of it. So when you plugged in on the very end, you actually didn't want a really long cord because of where it plugged in on the keyboard. It wasn't up front and it wasn't to the back of the machine, right, right to the side. Isn't it? It's on this. It's on this end, right? right yeah. Here? Yep. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, keyboard. yeah, I still use the Apple keyboard. I, I It's one of the best. This is an old. Oh, I agree. As far it's a as decade. Bluetooth keyboards go. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it. This is the best. I think one of the best keyboards that Apple keyboard. Yeah, one of the best podcasting keyboards I've ever found. I'm, I am now just having an arrow go bad, and I think it's because I spilled wine in there. But uh, <laughs> pretty maybe, sure, pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, but no, I. So uh, even though they didn't give it great reviews, or this guy said this has been a great little utility mouse to have uh, with me. So. Apparently there were a lot, but it is, it doesn't have any buttons up here. I think that's part of the problem is up here. There's no divide. Like every Windows mouse has a divide. And I think that caused some problems in clicking on it. So the Apple Mighty Mouse. What about an Apple iPad Pro? I don't know why that made the list. It did make the list. Hold on, let me, let me see if I, I can read. I like the iPad Pros to be perfectly honest. Have um, they? I think the the one main complaint about the iPad Pro is that it's really just like a big iPhone. With i, they have not done enough with the iOS platform to make it. I mean, you have this huge device uh, with more than enough power to do a lot of things, a lot of great video editing. Yet you're still stuck with this this archaic iOS interface, and you can't use it like a computer. Um, you know, that's been the joke about these new new iPads, like the new ones that just came out, is that you've got this processor in there that could is just a beast, and you are using like a percent of it at a time uh, with very limited multitasking and things like that. Um, but I, I don't know why I, I like them, to be honest. I mean, there, there are definitely valid complaints like that, um, but for what it's good at, it's really good. Um, oh, he didn't like it. He said a gray band started appearing on my screen all the time, shading whatever was beneath it. And more recently, the screen would fizz out for a while. It's possible those last two things were related to a tumble <laughs> the iPad took. But it, if so, it was a delayed reaction. Apparently, I've said 
About a year after purchasing the 10.5-inch iPad Pro, senior analyst Tony Hoffman found that a small, bright spot appeared, which resembled the burned-in ghost image that could appear on a CRT monitor if you use the screensaver. Um, and so that, those were the, uh, the... Tony said he originally got the iPad Pro to use with the Apple Pencil, but now that uh, now that the more affordable standard iPad is compatible with the Pencil... Tony regrets buying the pricier pro version. He's gone back to the standard iPad and is far happier. There you go. I just thought I'd throw that out. I don't know. If, you know, I don't know why, but um, Fallout 4 made the list as well. I guess Fallout 4 came with some gimmicky. Did you did you get caught up in that at all? I didn't, but I had some friends did. And luckily they had warned me like, dude, it's, it's, this is awful. Don't even get it. So in 2015, Bethesda released Fallout 4, um, brought the, a collector's edition, which included a replica Pip-Boy device from the game. So it had a little box and then a little device, and I guess things you collected through the game came on the device. I guess the device wasn't all that good, and they were charging like $300 for it or something like that. Uh, so um, any game, any other games like... Just recently, they've started, uh, some of the game manufacturers have started giving you a time to evaluate it before. Like it used to be buy the game, no money back. Yeah. There's been a few like that. The most recent NBA 2K is, I think, pretty bad. Um, that's 60 bucks down the drain. There are some of those that I've spent money on that that have been pretty bad. But recently, uh, the ones that I have bought or received as gifts have been have been nice. You wouldn't regret these. These are quiet comfort 35s. You'd never regret these. But what about buying a pair of headphones, really nice ones that only have the cord attached? Like there was just up until a couple of years ago, you could buy corded and especially some of these expensive brands that weren't doing Bluetooth yet or they it, the cheap version had corded only. Have you ever bought something like a pair of headphones and then you got them and you were kind of like, uh, I spent money on this. These things are junk. Not junk, Jim. I have the quiet comfort, quiet quiet comfort. Sorry, is it fifteen or twenty five? The ones that came out, it's that same model, but it was before they had Bluetooth, right? So it does have the cord. Um, it does. It was actually. I mean, they're pretty old. They probably got them in two thousand ten or eleven. But man, they've just been rock solid. Those things. Are, I don't care that it has the cord. I still. I just put the little. Uh, Thunderbolt adapter on there for if I'm going on a plane. The AirPods have become usually my my earphone of choice for just day-to-day stuff but yeah. you can't beat a nice pair of those i, I think those are going to end up on my list too by the way just saying those airpods i it just they're too convenient it's now great, that i'm especially with the watch jim when you start just being able to go for a run switch it over stream it's it, it is the way to go even with the phone i've been watching a lot of youtube when i'm walking and oh, no, i'm sorry yeah when i'm walking on the treadmill and i want to watch youtube i don't really want corded and I don't want to wear these. This that these are not. This is not workout gear. People. Right. I'm sorry. It's not workout gear. Do not work out in these kinds of headphones. There's plenty of great earbuds that work great. And I think I'm gonna. I think those are next on my list. I have a. Um, I have a hundred dollar gift certificate to to Dick's Sporting Goods, and I'm pretty sure they sell those. So that'll make them like forty bucks. I think they're one forty. That they, they, yeah. 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 So I think um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with those um, as well. Hey, what about an Instapot? Have you did you guys get caught? I know this isn't necessarily a technical or a tech item. Did you guys get caught in the Instapot 
uh, craze. And like, we have one, it's sitting in a box. Sarah wanted one forever. We got one. We never use it. I was so late to the game, Jim, uh, with that. But so no, long story short, no, we don't have one, but a lot of, uh, a lot of family members and friends do have them, but they have said the same exact thing that you said is that um, a lot of times it just sits, sits down in a box. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any tech that you regretted, I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email, Jim at the average guy TV. There's a ton out there. And I think gentlemen, we can admit when we were wrong. And I think there are some things we bought that you just kind of go. And actually, Mike, I've bought some things that I've had, like I've had trouble getting rid of. Now, sometimes it's good. Like in the case of this Xbox, like I could not let my, but it was, I, I never regretted that purchase. We had a Wii not sure it you know they were inexpensive but yeah. i'm not sure we really we played with it all weekend the weekend we bought it and then it kind of faded out i can't i can't get rid of it like i i can't physically i just put it in a box today um i pulled it out of a shelf somewhere and i put it in a box i still can't get rid of it it was a family gift you know do i regret buying it no is it something i'm having a hard time getting rid of i've got some rolling speakers desk speakers that are on their they're close to the end. Like if you touch the volume button at all, it kind of goes and then it only plays one side or the other. And then you got to rub it on the top and tap it on the bottom to get it to work. Right. You know? And, uh, but I can't like, I cannot get rid of it. Do you have anything like that? Do you have any tech gear that you should, you know, should be long gone, but you just can't get rid of. Uh, not necessarily in that regard. I have tech gear that I wish Jim, I would have just waited, had patience and saved up and gotten, Right. Because in the era of Amazon and eBay, it's super easy to get the cheap end, low end thing. And then you realize, you know, five months later that it doesn't have the features or it breaks down. And by the time you add up all the money you spent on the cheaper items, you could have just saved up and gotten the nice item. I've done that with my security cameras, to be perfectly honest. Um, I spent some money early on on cameras that now if I had just waited and spent just a little bit more money, um, I wouldn't have to be considering replacing them. And they're super low quality cameras. And it, it was, but I was, you know, I was in a hurry. Hey, these are super cheap. I, I bet a $30 one will work. No, it won't, Mike. No $30 camera will ever work. Uh, except for that D-Link one that we found on the show. That is still one of my outdoor cameras. And it's it's supposed to be an indoor only. Uh, it works great. It's in the garage for yeah. me. Exactly. It's a solid little camera. Um, so no, a lot of things like that where I should have just waited and, and spent the money on, on the higher end stuff. Cause I end up buying it anyway yeah. later. I'm doing a lot more of that where like these quiet companies, it was tough to separate 350 bucks, Yeah, but man, I am, I'll talk about this here in a few minutes, maybe in the post show. We are, I use these things now for gaming on the Xbox and holy cow. Like, it's great. We'll talk about that here in a second. In the chat room, uh, uh, Ron had said his sister had got an Instapot and loved it. There have been people who loved them, but, man, ours is sitting there collecting dust. Um, uh, Joe says it's handy, but he never <laughs> uses it. Other Jim says a bread machine. That Those were real popular for a while. Bread machines were everywhere. They actually make pretty good bread. We, we did cinnamon bread. We did raisin bread. But it's another one of the things you put it away. We got one of those KitchenAid mixers. Sarah just had to have one. It gets used like once a year, maybe, you know, and that's expensive. To, and that takes up a lot of space. I tried to get her to move it. I was like, Hey, maybe we could move that and put something we use every day in its place. And no, no, no. Cause it's almost like a trophy. Yeah. You know, it really is. Yeah. Hannah hey. just got her first one for Christmas from my parents. That was, you know, and, uh, was one of the KitchenAid ones and it was exciting. It's a great tool. It is, it, but it's, a, it's like a lot of those things. Sometimes we buy them and then they sit. And then it's like, oh, 
I could have been doing something else with that money. Right. Um, uh, Brian says his, he plans to buy a set of AirPods um, as well. He's got for his new iPad Pro. That That is good. Uh, and Brian says he has tech gear that's older than you. Like, <laughs> Probably. So. I don't doubt it. So if, so if you got gear, I'd uh, love to see some pictures posted on Facebook, whatever. You got gear you regret. You got gear that you don't regret. That'd be awesome as well. I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. Uh, send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. We'll try and read it right here on the show. Mike, let me, um, anything else that you, in the, in the show notes before the last two items you want to talk about? No, I was going to give a little update on the Apple watch and the Fitbit sync. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear about. Actually thought I had it figured out. So I've been using an app, uh, called, let me, let me just pull it up here in a second. It did cause me to pull all my health apps into one folder on the phone so I could find them all. They were all over the place. My fitness sync is an app. I paid five ninety nine to get it done. It's actually super easy. You just, you put it on there. You say, here's my account on Fitbit. Here's the thing I want you to pull. Here's the fields I want you to pull in sync. And you click the sync button. It says in progress. It goes 50%, then 100%. And it says, hey, all done. Really sweet. And you go, that's cool. So then you go over to Fitbit. And Fitbit will actually send me notifications that says, hey, awesome. You know, awesome. You only have 2,000 more steps to go. But I can't find those steps anywhere in the Fitbit app. Except on the page, and many of you, if you're watching the video, many of you, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets. These are all my friends, and many of them are you who are listening right now. My son is even in that list, which is pretty cool. My steps are there, so my my, which I doubt they're right actually, but uh, my overall steps are there in this part where it's listing everybody. Doesn't work for the challenges. Really, I don't, I don't see it on the main dashboard. I get calories, by the way, and that's actually right. But the steps are gone. I, I I removed the Fitbit app or the Fitbit device from here. And so I thought it would have pulled the, the steps in from health, the health app. It should, yeah. And nope. you're sending over the right fields. You've yeah, I've moved them around a little bit. I change it from the phone. I change it from the watch. Um, so I still got some work to do. Not sure that's the best app. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a try. It was five ninety nine. I'm not that broken. I think there was another option too. There's yeah, a app yeah. to try. Yeah. If you've got, if you're listening and you've got another app you want me to try, email me. Shoot me a note. Whatever. I'll try the app. I'm kind of in this to. I'm kind of in it to win it. The Fitbit group. I want to stay in. I started a challenge, Mike. I thought I had this fixed. I started a challenge. I couldn't get the update. It wouldn't update my steps in the challenge. So I lost with zero. It breaks my heart. Yeah. Hey, I walked that day. I'm not a loser. Well, that's why, um, why you haven't challenged me on the Apple Watch yet. I can see you. I know. I know. We're connected. High goal. There, yeah. I've been hitting it too. You have? Been. I've, been, I've been hitting the goal every day. You had, thir- you had uh, 13 and a half thousand steps today. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 No, I rocked it. I've got, I've got a really good routine in now where... You know, we're not competing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Other Jim says, touch the step circle for the bar graph. The step circle. Um, I get the bar graph. It's only calories on uh, other Jim. It's only giving me calories burned on my Fitbit app. I'm not actually seeing any steps. I don't see them. I can't find them. Um, so we'll have to, when I click the circle, I get calories burned, but there's no place to, there's no place where I actually see my steps. So, um, we don't need to troubleshoot this live. That's just an update on that. I'd love to find a great app that actually worked. Maybe this one does and I'm making a mistake. We can work it out. Um, 
over social or get that figured out. I appreciate your help. The other thing I've been trying to do is figure out how to get these Quiet Comfort 35s connected to the Xbox. By the way, super stupid that the Xbox does not have Bluetooth. That is, is. the it that's is. the dumbest thing in the world. Microsoft, you are stupid. Okay, now that I got that out, it's a great box. <laughs> like I can't the other night I was it was 9:30 and I I got to this point in Forza and I'm I was figuring things out and I'm learning how to drift again and like all this really cool stuff. And I look at the clock, it's 10.30, like just in an hour. It goes like that. And I'm like, crap. Okay, I'm going to go to 11. This is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm going to go to 11. Got the, and I'm, I'm plugging this in all wired. So I, I've got the TRS cable. That's the two ring cable that came with these. Plug it in, plug it in the controller. By the way, it's super short, not very good. One ring cable. Uh, yeah, well, TRS is tip, tip ring sleeve. And then you didn't have the tip ring ring sleeve. You needed two rings. You only had one. Uh, let's see, you, have, those you have a tip, a ring, and a slit in the sleeve, which is the top uh, part. But it has two. Right? It has two, and the TRRS has three. Right? Hold on. Let's let's just look. Yeah. Let's look at this. There's so, the tip section on on the one you're gonna. Oh pull out. well, maybe the tip is. The, I'm considering yeah, that a ring, yeah, right? And TR. So yeah. that right. That's, that's the two. Tip, yeah. ring, and then a, and then the sleeve. So see, I consider that a ring. The very one on the very top. Oh, I know they call it a tip. Yeah. Right? yeah tip yeah. ring sleeve. Right? Okay, yeah. I get that. You need the TRRS. Well, so I went on Amazon for six bucks and I got a, and I say a three ring, but it's a TRRS. Yeah. Um, just a TRS three and a half to two and a half. That's what you need, right? And I thought, hey, these things have a microphone built into them. You would think it would just make sense. That's right here. Right? It's right there on the end. There. It's a pretty good little microphone. You're just like, hey, like, I think that's going to work. No, it actually doesn't. That's not the way it works. So uh, you have to order one of these that's, two here so trs here trrs here and has a microphone in the middle that's the one that works so it's coming tomorrow and so this weekend you and i maybe on saturday we'll get together yeah. on the xbox yeah. by the way anybody wants to join us on xbox panic twitch is my xbox name or was that the one that it just gives you no that was default and i thought it was pretty a a applicable to me you know panic twitch that's pretty good i most games I'm playing, I'm panicking, and then I twitch. So I'm okay with it. It's like, it's 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 okay. I was going to change it to the real JC. One, I can't what? get it anymore. Oh, you can't? No, it's gone. That thing is gone. And it was 10 bucks. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to say Just to change my name, 10 bucks. They give you one free one, I thought, but is it 10 bucks? It's 10 bucks. So I didn't change it. So um, one of the things I discovered that was pretty cool, though, is that they make this really cool headset where it's a two and a half that comes out of the bottom of this plug on the bottom of your, and it immediately goes into a Y, and then it has a boom that comes off of it. Oh, that'd be nice. And then the cable drops down. Reviews weren't great for the ones I was looking at, but great idea if you were going to game, use these things to game. They're, look, guys, they're 350 bucks. I'm going to use these things for everything. Like, I'm going to go out and wash the car with these things. Though, yeah, why you know? not? If you can get the cable. Yeah. So the cable's coming. It You have to get an Android version uh, to make sure. I had to, of course, I had to watch every video to make sure. Now I'm pissed because I bought the wrong cable. Now, the good news is I can use that cable for other things. So it's not a big deal to have it. But um, it's coming. So uh, a lesson learned in that. I learned more about TRS and TRRS cables and, like, Frick, Microsoft, you could have just enabled Bluetooth on this thing, 
You know, maybe they don't want to deal with latency. I don't know. Well, I think they've got some pretty sweet deals. So there are fully there are fully wireless headphones. And I have them. Turtle Beach, they have the partnership with Microsoft. You can only get these pure wireless headphones, um, which, you know, if you didn't have those $300 ones, I would totally suggest them. But if you, since you already have those and just make it work. Nah, I'm going to uh, make it work. Yeah. I'm going to make it work. They're just ash holes, if you ask me. So the <laughs> <laughs> to go back to all the way back to the beginning. So um, I look at the clock. It's 1030. I think, okay, I'm, I'm quitting at 11. I look at the clock again. I swear to God, it was five minutes later, 1.30 in the morning. And I'm like, this is why I quit gaming 25 years ago. Like, I cannot control myself. And especially when we started getting good at it. Uh, I was like, oh, geez. But I, that doesn't mean I'm going to quit. If you want to, if you're on the Xbox, you want to follow me. I think you're the you're the dad nerd. I'm the dad nerd, yeah. The dad nerd. And I am Panic Twitch. If you want to, it would be kind of fun. Maybe put a little Home Gadget Geeks community going on around here. Yeah. I still. Rich hates out there. I'm friends with Winch. Oh, um, yeah. I got to track Rich late. Look, yeah. I don't I don't know how to run this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, my God. Where did, What? Where so I'm I'm finally getting better. It it took me a while to figure out. There's actually two buttons on each side here. Yeah, you know, and and everybody I know everybody's just rolling their eyes. Like Kala said, "Geez, welcome to the 21st century." Um, this is a really good controller. Like the material is great. Even when your hands and your palms get sweaty, it doesn't get clammy. Yeah, you know, it's a great it's a great controller. What what would I do with this thing on the back here? What's this port for back here? What would I do with? Uh, so that's for other headphones. So for example, oh. um, I'll show you. So I have a headset here. So that has this adapter and it's exactly what plugs in the bottom there. It gives you your volume controls right here. Um, this is actually, actually, Jim, you should definitely think about getting one of these. You can get this adapter, um, goes on the bottom. That way you have your, cause when you plug your headset just into that uh, controller there, you're not going to have any control without hitting the home button, going to settings and changing volume to yeah. mute your mic. It's nice to have a mute. So these little boxes have mute and then you just plug, you plug in any headset on the bottom there. So this would be a nice little addition you might think about grabbing. Okay. Uh, I think they're super cheap, maybe like $10, $15. Uh, gives you a little bit extra control. Okay. Uh, can I get that like at GameStop or or would it be yeah, just, be, Amazon. just order on Amazon? Okay. Yes, order on Amazon. Ron says the PS4 uh, has Bluetooth, but uh, he won't connect to his Sony Bluetooth headphones. So that's dumb. Wow. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> that's worse than just not even offering it. Sony headphones. It's a Sony PlayStation. Yeah. That it should work. Definitely work. That should work. So good job, Sony. Uh, you screwed up Spider-Man and now you're screwing up gaming. So, um, uh, yeah. So have... Listen, uh, the Xbox has been a ton of fun. So it's one of those things. I need to maybe work out a little bit more and play a little bit less, but uh, those things are coming. Forza right now, I haven't spent much more time. I got Gears of War that somehow I got for free. Microsoft just sent me an email and they were like, hey, here's your Gears of War 4 uh, code. Oh, interesting. I was like, all right. I, oh, because you bought it. They were like, because you bought an Xbox over the holidays. So there must have been some additional store promotion because I bought mine through the Microsoft store. Um, I didn't go into the store. I just bought it online through, through, through the Microsoft store. $199, by the way, great deal for the, for the, if those come out again, you need to buy one. I'm just, not you, you listening, you need to buy one. $199, it's a sweet deal on a 1S, one terabyte too. Pretty great. And by the way, Gears of War, 100 gig. So you're going to fill up, the, I'm going to fill up that hard drive. 
pretty fast. That's okay. You can put another hard drive on the backside if we need to do that um, to get it done. But um, playing a lot of Forza, I'll do some Gears of War, 100 gig. I thought well, I better check my bandwidth caps before I start downloading right. that thing. Yeah, that's pretty pretty monstrous. Well, and then the, uh, the the watch is going great. No regrets. I don't regret getting the watch. The work at working out with the Apple Watch has been like having a workout partner. Just that's my favorite part about it, hands down, is the workout yeah. piece. There's still more I can do with it, but uh, been a great purchase. Uh, no regrets there. I, I at first I had a little buyer's remorse when I picked it up. I was like, <laughs> did I spend? You know, and I'm making payments, so you know it's not as painful if I just dropped 450 bucks or whatever those things are. Are they 499? I think the version I got is 499. I think so yeah, or, or 399. I think it's 4.99 because it's cellular and it's the big version and. It, uh, wearing it though has been it is i know this is a weird thing it's the best balanced watch i've ever worn you mentioned that and i didn't notice it until you said something and i'm like you know he's right it really is really well balanced i it, it, the the way i know that is i'm checking my wrist all the time to make like, sure it's there is it on oh there yeah. it is is it there it is like ooh, did i forget to put it nope I put it on. I just, it fits so well. And it's so, the band is so great on this thing. One of the easiest bands to get on, you know, just pull that thing over. It snaps in and slide it in. It's super comfortable. Um, yeah, they got it right. I mean, I, now I know why you're kind of, you, you were a watch fanboy. It's like, dang, this thing is pretty cool. And it doesn't feel like I've had, you know, the, the Microsoft band, had a weird shape to it and it never really fit your wrist very well. The Garmin watch that I wore was just too light. Like it was, well, and it wasn't very smart and I had not on, I mean, when I bought it, smart watches were just coming on. So it's not Garmin's fault. Garmin's got some John Biggs, who's been sending me some screenshots of the Garmin app and some of the things like they track this, a concept of a battery of a body battery. In other words, how much are you putting in? How much are you resting? And, is your body fully charged for what you're doing? And you can run that down by not getting enough sleep or working out too much or not fueling enough. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's a great go. Speaking of overdoing it, man, I would, I would way overdo it if I had those kind of stats. So um, Mike, one of the things I don't find myself doing a lot of is the apps on the phone like that. I'm, I'm using notifications. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way, except for the two I do use. Um, Simply Safe to arm my security system. It is really easy to just tap it real quick and go. And um, the Chevy app to unlock and start Hannah's car. Like if we're at a before out somewhere and we're driving her car, uh, just click it. Oh, turn it on from here. Right. Instead yeah. of getting on my phone, unlocking it, doing everything, it's just really quick to. So those few ones where it's get it out to do a quick activity uh, is 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 worth it. But I agree, I don't use the apps very often. No, one of the cool things. So tonight I came home, my, um, headed to uh, Arkansas, this, oh, I probably should have made a big deal about this on Facebook, but I really don't have a lot of time to do meetups when I'm down there, but quick trip down to Arkansas this weekend for a wedding family related. It's a little stressful. So I'm talking to Sarah about this at the dinner, you know, as we're having dinner tonight. And by the way, HelloFresh meal, it was awesome. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. I have a, actually have a HelloFresh email I'll read here at the end, but so we're eating this. The meal is fantastic. And the watch buzzes me. And so I look at it and it's like, maybe you should breathe a little bit. Like, you know, it gives me, oh, I have the breathe app. Yeah. yeah. And I've turned it on and enable it. And I was like, why is it flagging me to breathe right now? And 
So I check my, my heart rate and I'm like at 85 and this conversation had kind of raised my, my heart rate. And so the app was like, Hey, <laughs> it looks like you should probably not be having a heart rate of 85 right now. You're sitting down. You're not like, we don't see activity. Maybe you should breathe a little bit. And I thought, actually, that's the smartest thing I've seen a watch do yet. Cause many watches can put two things, put one thing together. Right. Like, hey, I'm running, track it. Hey, I'm walking, track it. Hey, I have a heart rate, track it. This actually was like, hey, I kind of know what your resting heart rate is. It's a little above where you should be. You're currently sitting down and there's not much activity. And the mic is picking up that you're also talking to your wife. So so you should probably just breathe. (laughs) I didn't put all, I didn't make it go all the way that far, but I didn't say that. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't say that. You hear your wife in the room, just breathe, Collison. You know, (laughs) just breathe. And, uh, it's, you know what? There's been some moments where I've actually listened to it and I'm like, okay, sit back, close my eyes, come back to the heart rate. It's back into this, you know, it's back into the 70s. And you're like, okay. That's good. Having knowing like a resting heart rate, knowing what my sleeping resting heart rate is. I don't find it to be that great of a sleep tracker, just to be just to be blunt. It the other night I was well, okay, this one more story and then we'll we'll wrap it. So I'm down here. It's I'm kind of tired because I'm tired most of my life. And so it's like nine o'clock. And then I I I had a headache. So I put my head back. It's 1030. <laughs> like like, uh, you know, a little bit of drool. My arms are asleep from being on the rest, right? We've all had those moments. And YouTube is still playing, by the way. I've been, I was watching a YouTube video. And I'm now down the rabbit hole on about oh, five, yeah. five videos. <laughs> That's happening to me too. Yeah. So, so I'm like, I should just go to bed. So I head upstairs, brush my teeth, jump in bed. Next morning, I'm checking my sleep. It had It had got me sleeping. From nine to ten thirty, and then there's a little red spot where it was like you know active. Then bed, and sleep the rest of the night. And I thought there's no way the Fitbit would have caught that. Right, it just wouldn't have. And I've done that before, and it it just it wouldn't have. It's just not set up to do that. So interesting. Now not great sleep, and it marked it as really light, which it should have. Right, I, I was sitting up. I was there was noise. Which drives me crazy because I can sit down here where it's bright light and I got a YouTube video on that's blaring and I fall asleep and I go into bed where it's comfortable, it's pitch black, and I can't sleep. I'm the same way. But so it's funny. You said, you know, you don't think it's that great of a sleep tracker for what you do. When I had never done the sleep tracking, you brought it up. So I've started to do it. I really like it. I'm thinking this is pretty cool. I don't know which app. I think we're both using different apps. Are you using Sleepwatch? Um, I'm using, using, I'm using the top right. I did a lot of searching around auto sleep. So there's, Oh yeah. And it's, uh, maybe it's worth trying. I mean, sleep watch was free, so it's not like I'm and I, it, 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 it gives some weird, it gives some weird reports, by the way. I think that it, it, okay. Let's see if it focuses here real quick. It it focus. It is now. You know, beats per minute. So it's tracking your heart, giving it all to you in this really cool, UI where you can really see, you know, where you were sleeping the best, how much deep sleep. Then up top, you got your tracker um, for all the different days of the week, fills it in. It tries to do it a lot like activity. You know, when you go to your activity tracker and you see if you filled your rings, same sort of thing. 
Um, and then you can adjust it again. You can use your watch if you're doing it. And I think it does a really, really good job. What's the name of it? Auto sleep. Auto sleep. I'll give it a try. I, and it's fine. Cause it's, even these apps are so cheap or they're free. Uh, other Jim says in the chat room, Alexa, Oh, I shouldn't say that too loud. Uh, play rain sounds. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, Hey, let me try this echo play rain sounds. To use ambient sounds, rain sounds skill, a parent needs to give permission. Mm. To do that, I sent some information to the home screen of your Alexa app. That's kind of nice of her to do that. Okay, well, let's just go to the... By the way, I've been listening to other podcasts, and I think the, the Alexa app has been has been enhanced quite a bit. There's some home no security kidding. stuff in there. Approval rights like that? I know. Yeah, but there's some some home security. There's some if this and that stuff that's going on uh, inside of that. Okay, so, oops, I just got the ambient rain sounds approval that's on the app. So let's go ahead and give it permission. That's kind of weird that I need to give it permission just to play rain. That is odd. Echo, play rain sounds. To use ambient sounds, rain sounds skill, a parent needs to give permission. To do that... I sent some information to the home screen of your Alexa app. Apparently approving it once was not good enough. Get so right again. Let's go back in again. And okay. So there it is. Give permission. Let's try it again. Well, gave it permission. See if it's actually, it may, it may take a little bit. This is the thing. Amazon apps have been a little buggy. Uh, Echo play rain sounds. To use ambient okay. sounds. Rain sounds skill. Okay, a parent I've, I've needs to give permission. To do well, that, I sent some information to the home screen of your Alexa app. You might want to check the home screen of your Alexa app. There are some new, from what I've been hearing, there are some new uh, capabilities out there. So just one of those. I, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I, I'm looking and I may look at a Google Home. I'm just hearing really good things about the Google Home. and I'm yeah. right there with you. If yeah. I didn't have so many of these things, Jim, I probably already would have. I know. I know. Well, to Jim, other Jim's point, uh, I can easily tell Siri to, and I've got a bunch of YouTube playlists of rain sounds that I can play. Um, it helps. It actually does help when I do that. Um, I just don't do it. I just don't do it all the time. I just find it odd that I can sit here uncomfortably with lights on and a YouTube video playing. I have no trouble going to sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But make the conditions perfect or what I think is perfect. And it doesn't work. Okay. Uh, as we close things up, don't forget, stay around for a little bit of post-show. I do have a, we, we do have a little crypto, some crypto stuff to cover. I actually need to get an update from Mike on a few things. So stay around. If you want to get the crypto in the post, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. You can subscribe while you're out there. You don't have to. It's all free if you want to do it that way. But we appreciate you doing that. If you want to join, and I'm going to get this Fitbit thing working. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. I mentioned the... Um, I meant I mentioned HelloFresh because I always mention HelloFresh, and everybody's like, "Stop!" And I'm like, "No, no," because people are enjoying this as well. Okay. Uh, hey, Jim. Uh, by the way, Stephen sent this to me. So, Stephen, thanks for sending me this note. Hope your holidays were good. Here, let me move it over here so I look like at least I'm looking at the screen. Hope your holidays were good for you. I took some time off, and it was nice to refresh myself before the new year. Hopefully, everybody took a little bit of time off. I did as well. Um, thanks again for the free week of HelloFresh. I still have a few of those, by the way, if you want to if you want to send me a note. And it, it's, it's, it's nearly, I think it, for some, it's absolutely free. Depends what you buy, but you get a free week. I have to say it's been a success for me, but my daughter realized prep is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you're cutting fresh food. Um, 
yeah, it's a little bit of work. But she did enjoy cooking the meal. So far, we've made apricot chicken, pork cutlets, soups, taco flatbread, and a pork burger with wedges. Those are little potato wedges. They use a lot of sweet potatoes and potatoes in their meals, which are just delicious. Like you said on your podcast, good stuff. Thanks, Stephen. If you want to get a free week, send me an email, Jim at the average. Listen, I don't, they don't pay me. I'm just telling you, it's life changing. And um, just tonight we had uh, we had uh, apple and carrot slaw, which is my favorite. I would eat that just by itself now. It is so, so good. Paired that with some mashed potatoes, some real mashed potatoes with the skin on them and some flavor and stuff. Actually, those two together, like if one got if one touched the other and you got a little bit of the slaw sauce on the potatoes. Oh, it wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> it was not bad or vice versa. And then we had pork with uh, with like a sweet barbecue sauce on top. And of course, if that barbecue sauce got on any of those things, it was okay. And if you took a piece of pork and you scooped it up into the into the the uh, mashed potatoes and then it hit the slaw on the way out, more than not, okay. <laughs> not a bad thing. Changed my life. We we last week because of the snow, we didn't get a box. And we were like, oh, where's the box? And we called HelloFresh. I'm like, I, we don't even think it got shipped. And so they refunded us for the week. Then on Tuesday, the box showed up. Uh, it got stuck in a FedEx box. So they credited us back, which is awesome. Great job, HelloFresh. I think they gave us a little break on the next week as well. So with the snow coming, we're hoping we get one. By the way, when the box came, the meat had been thawed for a while. And we were kind of like, mm. the beauty was... Of vegetables, apparently they last a little bit longer when they're fresh. So everything was good. And so we used the veggies. Sarah went down to the grocery store, picked up some pork cutlets uh, today, little little pork chops. We can get Husker chops. Here in Nebraska, we get what's called Husker chops, which are super thick. And, yeah. Oh, dude. Dude. Let me just good say stuff. good stuff. And uh, we mix that up. So even if it goes wrong, it went right. For us. Send me an email, Jim at the average and I'll get you a free week. Uh, again, I make nothing off it. If you want me to make something off of it, let me know and I can give you a code where you get 40 and I get 30 if you want to do it that way. That's great. Some people were like, no, I want you to make, like, if I'm going to do this, I want you to make something. Yeah, totally. That's what I was too. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv live. We'd love to have you join us live. I think Monday night we're going to record. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. We're going to record Christian and the Cyber Frontier. So I'm hoping he's kind of emerging from the darkness, and uh, we're hoping to get him on. Uh, of course, you know, theaverageguy.tv platform, web media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed access and hosting from people that you know and you trust. For plans that start as little as $10, maplegrovepartners.com. And his stuff. Not never goes down, but pretty much never goes down. He always, he will tell me before it's going to go. He'll be like, hey, I need a little downtime. Uh, and uh, and so I know it's great uh, to do that. Don't forget the swag store, theaverageguy.tv slash swag. We'll be back next Thursday. Uh, Mike, in a couple weeks, we're going to be moving to Wednesdays and for the week of the, what did I tell you? I think it's uh, February. Yeah. The, February, I think January 30th and February 6th. I think yeah. those are the two, the two dates. Well, um, so live guys who are listening live every, and I, I want everyone to, that's currently, yeah, um, everybody that's currently in the chat room. I want you to type in, I understand in the chat. So I know that you start on the 30th. We're moving from the 31st. 
We're moving from the 31st to the 30th. It's a Wednesday, not a Thursday. You'll have to come a day early. Still be here when you get here, but you won't be able to enjoy the live chat. I'll try to tweet that out and some other things as we get a little bit closer, but um, that's coming up as well if you're joining us live. I want to thank you for coming out tonight. Stay around for a little bit of the post show. That will say goodbye.